Hey, Black Love fam. Before we get into this dope conversation, I have to tell you what our friends at Target are up to. Through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating and elevating Black success all year round. They got the HBCU design contest and the winning designs were showcased last month and they were fire, like I told you they were going to be. And you have to check out the Buy Black product hub. Why? Because not only do they have dope loose leaf tees, which are my jam, but they also got my other jam (laughs) for the upcoming spring and summer, Lafette Rosé all day. Target is out here uplifting the Black community and my tea game. So if you want to learn more about how Target continues to support Black entrepreneurs, students, and creatives, visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure. How are you, my brother? How's everything? Good. Good. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of where to start. There's so many things. Um, Firstly, you know, just your your openness on Black Love. I feel like you've just been an open book and you, you kind of mentioned the same approach with your relationship, which is dope and I admire. There was one thing your wife said, and then I'm going to rewind for a second. There's one thing your wife did say about, you know, everybody calling you guys relationship goals. <laughs> and in the beginning, it, it was far from it. And it was a lot to get to that point. But I think through all of the communication and openness and where you guys are now, I think now is that goals, but it's goals in understanding all the things that led up to this current time. Yeah, you got to be mindful and uh, take everything into consideration. You know, when I hear people say that we're life goals, I wonder if they are putting us on an unrealistic pedestal. So that's why I'm usually such an open book. I try to to approach it in as much respectful honesty as I possibly can and uh, not do the the stereotypical, you know, uh, man thing, because I, I don't feel like it would be fair to, you know, anybody, you know, any relationship. So I, I just kind of lay it all out there to make sure that they're not putting us on an unrealistic pedestal and, you know, not considering that we've been together for 23 years and we went through some real stuff to get to here. And even in being here, there is no finish line, you know, right. and every day is still work and every day is still marriage and a contribution into your marriage, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I know one of, you know, one of the main themes was sacrifices. Do you feel there were, or do you still feel today within your relationship that there are certain sacrifices that you're, you're accounting for, or that you have to go through as a couple, as a father, as a husband right now in your overall relationship and family dynamic? Absolutely you're constantly going to be sacrificing something. I'm hesitant on, on, on the word sacrifice. I would probably choose a, a different word. It's a compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I prefer yeah. that too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> compromise. Um, you know, where there's a, a little bit more understanding that at this very moment, you may be giving up something, but 
you're doing it in love. Therefore, the opportunity still will be there for you to do what, whatever it was that you had to compromise on. The sacrifice thing means to it just sounds like it's um, it's done. You know what I mean? Like, like you're <laughs> you, giving up something. Yeah, you're giving it up permanently. And, you know, in, in, in any relationship, those things do happen. You know, uh, there's, there's going to be a lot of sacrifice. You know, it's going to be a lot of things that you just may not be able to do anymore. But I don't know. I just find it a little bit uh, more pleasing by choosing to look at things as, okay, this is a compromise, a normal, a healthy compromise, and we can revisit it later, you know. Well, I love that. And it's, you know, it's interesting you, you bring that up in that way and phrase it that way, because I think that also speaks to your mentality and that speaks to your, your approach and probably Tabitha's as well with each other mm -hmm. um, coming into the relationship. Like I said, it, with you being so open and honest, I, you know, I, I feel like I at least have some idea of the, the ebbs and flows you've gone through over that. How long you been together now? 23 years. Woo. Hey, listen, I'm glad I, I'm, I'm, I'm glad I just heard my wife say that because I used that wrong. <laughs> 23 years, man. Yeah. That's nah, beautiful. 19 years old. Amazing. Amazing. Before I forget, because you um, you were talking about you didn't want to approach things in this this typical man way. Right. So that that triggered a question I usually like to ask over the course of this dialogue you know, feel free to answer it, not answer it, dismiss it, whatever you want. But I usually ask. Give me a second to shut this door. My, you hear my wife's dog? You hear this? Oh, your wife's dog now. <laughs> yeah, give me one second. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. <laughs> that's part of the compromise. Hey, that's part of the compromise. <laughs> All right. When I say the word masculinity, is there something that you feel from that word? Is there a way that you define that word? How do you, how do you treat that word masculinity these days? It, it's a time and place for it. When I hear that, um, and usually it differs between every man. Um, I found that it's not that important for me in every subject um, to be masculine. Case in point, when it comes to gender roles, the typical gender roles, for example, uh, <laughs> things like um, pumping gas, taking out trash, uh, things that, you know, things of that nature. I find that I differ from a lot of men in terms of those things. It does not define me. Uh, because I'm a man, it's not an absolute. And yeah. my wife would tell you the same thing. However, you know, I don't have my wife just doing any and everything, you know, because there's certain things that I take pride in, but I'm not judgmental when I, when I see, you know, a woman pumping gas or taking out trash or, you know, that kind of thing. But yeah, I just feel when it comes to masculinity, it's a time and place for it, you know, it just depends on who you're talking to and the definition of it may, may change. But for me, I was raised by a strong woman, you know, I was raised. So, you know, my, masculinity it just wasn't a thing it was sure. you know what i mean so i've learned that i don't really see it the same way as a lot of people if that makes sure. sense yeah. no it makes absolute sense i mean i you know and that that's why i always think it's interesting to get that 
different answer, get that different perspective on masculinity because, you know, some have gone deep with it. Some have just gone way out there with it. Some are just, you know, time and place, <laughs> like you said. And for me, you know, for me, I, I always think we have a certain level of masculine and feminine energy. You know what I mean? There's times where we get more emotional and get more in tune. There's times where, yeah. Mine, uh, mine is, I, I feel like too, because me and my wife pretty much grew up together. Yeah. It's going to be a little bit different. When you are, you know, 19, you don't realize how young you are and what you've yet to learn or experience. And when you experience it with another 19 year old, um, <laughs> you know, there, there's going to be times where all that macho stuff and all the things that you thought came with being a man or it's going to go out the window because we learn it at the same time, you know? Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. And if you want to be successful, now you got some that I feel like will probably, and I did, I did a, now don't get me wrong. I did a lot of dumb stuff and, and realized that it was because I was on some male or what I thought the male was supposed to do. Sure. Sure. It set us back. Right. So, yeah, I kind of learned that, look, man, I just, I need to, if I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> if yeah. I know, I just got to tell her like, Hey, and if I'm uncomfortable with it because I've seen it done a different way or if it's been worn a different way, most times by me expressing that and getting ahead of it, I can avoid a whole lot of turmoil, you know, you know, I can avoid a whole lot of things that, you know, set us back in the long run. So that masculinity thing, it kind of went out the door with me a long time ago. You know, I'm, I got a better understanding of what my wife needs. Um, and then too, what I need and, and how I want her to view me. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. I got a clear understanding of, I think I got a good balance of how much masculinity is needed and when. <laughs> so and I, <laughs> going back to what I said in the beginning, it's going to be different for every man. Um, and I think it should be because his wife is not going to be like my wife, right. you know, you know, right. you get what I'm saying? So, yeah, absolutely. How do you feel that translates in raising your, your children, two daughters and a son? And, and now, so, yeah, so you got the girl dad hat yeah. twice on <laughs> and then you got the boy dad hat on. So in approaching that dynamic as a dad, how do you transfer that that you brought and that which your mom apparently did a, an amazing job with you on? How do you how do you bring that on down to your children? Well, I try to be consistent. And what I'm hoping or what I'm hoping for and how it translates, because, you know, let's face it, we really don't know. I'm hoping that what they take from how I live and what I say and how me and mom love one another, the successful part comes from being you, being able to acknowledge, you know, what you're good at, what you're not, what you need, being able to understand that change is necessary. It should be invited and you mm -hmm. should never cage a person or hold a per or restrain a person from growth and i hope it just breeds success you know uh um, yeah you know what i mean because they're my kids but they're their own people so i just try to lead by example and not harp on my teachings is just live by example okay this is how me and mom make it you know yeah. that 
dad is particular about this. You don't have to be, but in this house, I'm particular about this. Mom is particular about this. Now, I may not have necessarily liked it in the beginning, but I've grown to understand that this is a small task. And I, I really think that, you know, that's the best key to success. Yeah, I love that. All right, fam, before we get any further, it's time for a little joy break. What's a joy break, you ask? It's a lot like our blue check question around these parts, but this one is for all of you listening. All right, you ready? What brought you joy this week? It could be simple as your favorite iced coffee, your favorite red wine, something your little kid did, something your dog or cat did. I'm gonna give you two things in mind. First, for me, it's all about music. I literally walk around, think about things, put ideas together to music. If I'm not listening to it, it's in my mental fixture day in and day out. So music is that pulse that just gets me moving and brings me joy from anything big to anything small. Another thing that brought me joy this week was, yep, my weekly target run, because we all do them. I was able to shop black owned and founded brands and get everything I needed to bring me a little joy this week, like a little rosé and a little tea, just putting it out there. And look, we're not just talking about in February, Black History Month is behind us, but through their Black Beyond Measure campaign, Target is celebrating our community all year round. Look, it's important to make sure we all take a moment for joy every single day. So if you want to surround yourself with a little joy and help uplift and celebrate Black creatives and entrepreneurs, make sure to visit Target.com slash Black Beyond Measure to learn more. Can I ask one other thing in in the fatherhood dynamic? Because you and Tabitha did start young and... You know, you were talking about all of the moving around and moving out to the West Coast. Yeah, you got you, it. Go ahead. All over the place, huh? Yeah, <laughs> all <laughs> over the place. You know, raising children at a, at a young age. Like, do you feel any any of the things you have now? Because now I, I feel like again, all of this experience, all it does is 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 help you see things better and grow better together. But early on in your journey with Tabitha, what was that like, uh, raising children at, at a, at a young age? What, with the moving and all? Yeah. Just all the things. Well, if you would have asked me, of course, asking me now in hindsight, I'm going to, I'm going to say, you know, it played a major role in who I am, you know, it made you, you <laughs> but if you would ask the 19 year old, the 20 to 21 year old, you know, I would have been like, Man, I have no clue what I'm doing. You know? <laughs> um, I, I, I'll say this. In parenting, I think it prepared me for their right now life, right? Mm-hmm. I, I, I think that me and my daughters have better relationships or I have a better understanding of their thinking as a result of what me and my wife endured and went through early on. So I, I have a little bit more patience with their growth process. And I would like to believe that I have developed a, a, a healthy back and forth 
with my kids as a result of those things that we were doing and and not to be too old school or you know what i mean <laughs> uh, sure so i think it helped um because i can kind of you know i can kind of relate somewhat to where they're thinking and i can also kind of warn them um about where it looks like they're going have they ever used that against you and be like well mom and you did this when you were my age so i can do such and such has that moment ever come up not yet knock on wood not yet not <laughs> yeah. yet well i'll knock on some wood for not you yet. you know what <laughs> hey going back that's that's a great question because you know what now that you say that i have more patience with my daughter who resembles her mom in so many ways outside of her looks she will do things and i remember her dad my father-in-law had an issue with what we were doing how my wife was dressing how you know things of that nature and I will see my my daughter Joyce, who's so much like my wife. And I mean, it's ridiculous, kind of scary. And before I say something, I'll kind of revisit one of those things. And I'll just laugh and be like, wow. I told him here recently. I said, man, I'll take my hat off to you. Um, <laughs> I'm starting to understand now the amount of, and this was 20 years ago when things were a lot different and we were in a Southern, you know, very old school, traditional city. Um, sure, sure. He did voice his opinion, and uh, but he did have to also practice some restraint as well. Um, so I, I told him, I said, hey man, I take my hat off to you because I'm out here in Los Angeles, very, you know, free and at different times. And there's still times where I look at her and I'm like, ah, your mom and I was all for it. So I got to have, a, I, I should, and I need to be mindful and have a little bit more patience because nothing bad came from it. And right. you know, right. I raised them, I raised them to be uh, questionable, you know, fast, you know, you got to have some facts. So I already know if I go to her and be like, Hey, why do you, you know, She's going to, she, you know, she's a smart girl. She's going to bring it right back. Just like her mom. She's gonna bring just it like <laughs> so I'll just refrain and bite my tongue. You know what I mean? And, but it taught me, you know, it yeah. taught me. No, that's beautiful. Speaking of back and forth, cause I don't want to forget this one. Cause this was funny to me. You're back and forth back in the day with music. And, and, and that Fantasia moment. <laughs> are, are you still scarred by any Fantasia music? You know what? <laughs> <laughs> hey, every time, hey, every time I hear that one song, I always <laughs> smile. Yeah. <laughs> it, it goes away because, hey, look, my wife literally every time we got into a fight, every time, every time she did that. And the world laughed at it, but if they yeah, only... I did too. <laughs> three times. So, yeah, there's still some scars. There's definitely some scars. It's it's funny because I, um, I brought this up while I was watching it. I had an ex that used to do the same thing. She didn't use Fantasia. She used Tony Braxton. Uh-huh. And there was that one Tony Braxton album when she, when her uh, well her hair was short for a long time but uh i can't remember see now i can't remember the song but she she would play the whole album out i'm like i know the video you're talking right about. right and i, I, I couldn't song. i couldn't I, say anything 
Hey, I would literally be taking a shower, playing some Maxwell or, you know, chilling. <laughs> and by the time I got out the shower, it was a full-on concert. Not concert. only music playing. She would be putting on a full-on concert to make sure that I knew, hey, if you don't like me, then don't talk to me. <laughs> <laughs> did you did you ever have any um clapback music to get back at her? Um, no, nah, man. Nah. <laughs> music meant something different to me, man. You know, it was I'm trying to make up, get into some love making. You trying there you, to there you go. <laughs> <laughs> trying to be mad. Yeah. You know? Sure. And, and in all honesty, that's true. Because when I was younger, there was it was one sure way to resolve things. At least I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the time. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so I want to uh, segue a little bit because I love what you're doing. And I, I want to know more, honestly, about um, Team Chance and Team Chance Basketball. Because mm-hmm. I feel, I, again, I feel like just in this conversation so far, family sounds very important to you. The way you've been brought up, the way you're raising your children, I think is admirable. It's beautiful to me. And I feel like that's just a natural progression and extension for you to create this team chance basketball. Um, so why for you was it important you know, to target kids specifically. And then the second part of it, I I definitely want to know about the basketball of it. Well, basketball has always been my passion. It's just, you know, that thing that I wish that I would have made it on type thing. And uh, poor decisions in my teenage years that prevented me from being able to truly pursue it. And I created Team Chance initially because we don't have any family here. Um, and I was trying to, and I would just remember my childhood and how I had, I could walk outside and I would have all my friends at my, you know, at my exposure, we could, you know, just go out and play and out here. Yeah. So, um, so initially I just started it, you know, just for something for my son to do and, you know, with his friends and they could kind of, I could kind of create a village um, hmm. for him. Or have people that he could have in his life regularly, at least two to three times a week. Um, and in meeting and, and encountering some of these kids, it just reminded me of the things that I was hearing from some of the parents and some of the challenges they were having. It was very you know similar to what me and my wife was experiencing. And it just turned into something bigger. Um, you know, I, I love hard. And I just took on a whole different role. You know, it's less about basketball to me than it is about building character. You know, I'm passionate about basketball. I love basketball. It's just a part of our family. My wife loves basketball. But in my program, you will find that I do more mentoring and and, uh, big brother type things than I do in teaching basketball. Um, In today's world um, and what, what we currently are experiencing, I think it's more important that these kids know what it is to have character, you know, uh, yeah. good ethics, morals, and a little bit of old school teaching. Um, I think that, you know, somewhere along the lines that we kind of kind of lost our way in what it was to be able to uh, discipline a kid in love and not, hmm. you know what I mean, and, and be yeah. able to 
and make sure that they understand, um, though I might be in your face, my tone may be a little harsh. I want you to understand the difference between me picking on you and me loving on you and, and, and demanding that you respect your parents, you know, yourself and you, you move in grace. Um, so it, that that's team chance in a nutshell, um, more about that. And, and I, I feel like it, my son needs it. I need it, you know, yeah. um, <laughs> you know, and, it's my way too of, of being able to give back to. No, it's beautiful. I mean, it oof, that um, you know, that hits. You got to make an adult team chance. I want to be a part of this thing. <laughs> that's, that's that. That sounds amazing. We do. I do have one. I you do, do have. One. Yeah. <laughs> I'm we in don't LA. It, we, me... we don't call it team chance, but I do have one. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell me what you call it offline because I want to join. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. That's what's up. So all beautiful. And I, I feel like, so for yourself, um, since we, you know, we're talking all things wellness. So as you mentor, as you look to do this with, uh, for children and apparently you got a, you got an adult crew as well. What, <laughs> what are you doing for yourself on a daily basis that that's keeping you, you know, in a positive headspace that that's keeping you going? Like, are there any things you do within that that just keeps you level-headed and cool, as a lot of people <laughs> like like to coin you cool chance? Um, yeah, there is. I, I like to work out. And when I'm working out, it ain't really about it's, – it's a moment of privacy. So I, I try to work out six or seven times a week. And in my workout, I'm not just – you know, pushing up iron or exercising. I'm thinking about things that I want to do, things that I don't want to do, ways that th this is a moment for me to kind of have a discussion with myself and God. Yeah. Um, I work out a lot of things in the gym. I work out, you know, ways to communicate something better to my wife, uh, ways to communicate things to my son, ways to uh, process it. Uh, you know, Chance, you're just not good at this. <laughs> you know, working out is like, you know, my thing that if I don't get to do it, I'm usually in a rut, you know? Yeah, and I, no, I feel you. I got moments where, you know, I I, I need for my wife to be around and, and us to, you know, do things together, but I also need a long time. Um, and in my long time when I'm not working out, usually I'm watching something on TV that, the average person, I don't think the average person would even watch. <laughs> I got a weird sense of humor in terms of uh, shows and, and things, but I get if I get that hour or two to sit down and do that, and I think the other one, um, I cannot forget this. I had a I had a discussion with somebody about this, and I remember they were shocked when I told them that I played video games. Hmm. Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because I'm married to Tabitha Brown. I don't know if, that, <laughs> if they were all shocked. But, um, and my wife will always be like, I can't believe you play that loud game and you say that this is a stress reliever. You right, know, right, right. Being there, you know, for an hour playing Call of Duty, like, you know, mowing people down. <laughs> but, but I do. And, um, and it's a stress reliever for me, you know. Um, and I think it's needed. And then with that group that I was telling you about, 
about twice a month, I have a group of men, guys that, you know, in my circle that uh, are like brothers to me. Uh, no blood relation at all, um, but probably closer to me than any blood relative um, outside of my mom and my wife. And we will have these meetings where sometimes we'll have discussions of serious nature. Sometimes we'll have light discussion. Sometimes we won't discuss anything. We'll just be in the presence of one another. Yeah. And that is probably the most um, significant thing in my life. You know what I mean? In terms of stress and me being in my growth too. I surrounded myself with guys that, you know, in some aspect, I'm forced to grow, you know, not all. I mean, and, and this is a melting pot, you know what I mean? Of, of, sure, sure. of personalities. Um, and each and every one of them I can take something from. And I look forward to those two, one or two meetings every month that we have. And we'll just kick back and we're going to have to get you over one night, man. We, you know, we kick back. I'm down for it. Hey, man. And we <laughs> hang out and, you know, have a good time. And I mean, we'll walk away from those conversations. I feel like better men, better husbands, better fathers, you know what yeah. I mean? Brothers, better human beings. I think that's something in some ways I try to put that out there in these conversations where, whether it's a, a check-in, I think uh, something that continues to come up, it's all about community. It's all about tribe creating these villages. And I think for men, for black men, especially so, right now to have even this conversation you know i i already you know my shoulders drop i'm like you know i'm tuned in to to what you're given and vice versa and i feel like this type of openness and vulnerability i mean th this is the reason why you know we created this ig live and i was like you know we're just going to keep going with this thing because it's it's beautiful to be able to do this as men because we don't get to just like what we were talking about earlier with masculinity and I think you having these things to be able to decompress, have that solo time to think through and process things and, um, and stress relieve, honestly, because mm -hmm. I, I feel like that's something for us as, as men and black men you, and people in general. But I feel like with men, especially, again, stereotypically speaking, we hold it all in. We don't, you know, communicate the emotion. You don't communicate the feeling. And a lot of times you get caught up in a bad way, either with your health, somewhere outside, if you're in a, you know, if you're in a certain situation where you just get lost in it. And unfortunately, sometimes that just overtakes for the worse. You know what? I think, too, it's important. That's why I'm always so uh, forthcoming, I guess. I, or I, I, I try not to hold back. Because I think there's a misconception about us as black men that we don't talk and that we don't show that we're vulnerable or we don't, you know, and, and it's partially true, um, but not as much as I, I think the, I, I think the world needs to really see us. So yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm put on display or I have an opportunity for them to really see us. I take pride in doing so and just opening the book and saying, hey, look, this is what it looked like. This is who I am. This is what, and I'm not, I feel like there's so many men like me. It's like, and I'm always like, I don't understand where all this is coming from. Come from right? <laughs> I, know, I know a lot of, I know a lot of men like me, you know, um, they just don't have the, 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 
the blessing of being married to my beautiful wife. You know, what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> but, but you know, I just, I don't, you know, I don't think it's anything out of the norm. I, I feel like I've had probably hundreds, thousands of conversations with men that I've taken things from, and they've expressed things that I'm like, this is, you know, this is a normal thing for us. It's just not put on display in, in front of the television. It's not put on display in front of the yeah. world. But in my opinion, I, I think it's a misconception. There's a lot of men out there like you and I, you know, a lot of men having these conversations and talking and doing things. It's just, we don't get to see it that often. Like I said, I'm glad we're able to put this on display. I'm glad you have the opportunity uh, to have a platform to put these type of conversations uh, more so on display. It came up a little bit during your, your interview with Black Love and maybe one other place, I can't remember. Were you only on the police force back in your original hometown or are you currently on a po the police force now as well out here? I have worked for uh, Los Angeles Police Department for 15 years. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Until until here recently. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but, but yeah, for here in Los Angeles for 15 years. Okay. That almost becomes a whole other conversation that, that I want to have with you. But let me just tap into this um, <laughs> since we do have an audience right now. In terms of the things you are, that you just express to keep yourself sane, to keep yourself level-headed, were those the things you were doing on the police force, one, and then two, just in the nature of things that have happened over these past few years, uh, in particular, as a black man on the police force in LA, where, you know, we, we, we've had some history out here. Uh, <laughs> what has been your feelings and, and your take and just that dynamic when you were on the police force up until recently uh, when you retired? Um, well, I'm going to answer the first question. Okay. Uh, to answer the first question, yes, that's how I dealt with the stress. Um, and then another thing, and I never allowed myself to do certain jobs that I thought could mess with my thinking hmm. or, or uh, put my family at risk or ask me to do something that, you know, just to me I, goes against uh, the culture or I felt like it was unfair. I think in terms of, of, of policing, there's a misconception about the, the officer and the roles that he can and cannot play. Hmm. You, have a, you have a choice. You don't have to take certain roles and not every officer is in agreement with certain laws. And if you're not in agreement with that law, you can put yourself in a position where you don't have to be constantly enforcing that particular law. So I chose a different path um, in there too, you know, and that was helpful in, in where I, you know, my stress levels and things of that nature. In terms of your second question, it's stressful, right? Uh, because I have a I have a little bit more knowledge of than the average person. I sure. On the curtain. Sure. There's a lot of truths, and then there's a lot of untruths, right? And then there's the then there's that part of me being a 
black man in the uniform having to acknowledge that there is a certain level of pain and and history that exists in this uniform and no matter what you what no matter what your intentions are and no matter how much good you've done uh, or you think you've done it won't outweigh what people's history and their experiences are and even in, even if you're right even if you're right that history won't outweigh that pain that that person you know what i mean it, it yeah um so it's been hard yeah it's been it's definitely been hard uh, a lot harder in the last uh four to five years um but you know you do the best that you can <laughs> sure sure did that answer your question it more than answered my question okay. and i um look when i brought the question up I know it's and I know it's not an easy one to bring up. So I appreciate you answering because you didn't have to answer it. So I appreciate that. No, and I appreciate you navigating uh, through that. But it's not the first time that I've been asked about it. I'm actually surprised I haven't been asked more. Um, but it's a I'm a I'm a boy from I'm a man from a very small city in the south. Right. Black, mm -hmm. Where I think <laughs> I think I remember seeing two police officers when I was growing up that were black, right? And out here in this city, right, of millions of people, and there's, you know, a few hundred black officers, right? So there is a, there is a different level of stress of just like being accepted in the city as a sure. southern boy, right? Sure. Um, and then being accepted, you know, uh, in the uniform as a black male, and then being accepted by people in your community for putting on that uniform. So the stress levels, you know, they're through the roof. Yeah. But sign up for it, you kind of know what you're getting yourself into, or you should be, have some idea of what you're getting yourself into. But I think over the years, I've done a good job at making sure that I'm, I'm, you know, being realistic in who I am and what roles to sign up for, listening to my wife and my mom, my kids, and staying connected to, you know, um, that foundation. So, you know, I can go out and serve, you know, I can serve the community and serve my people um, without getting in any trouble, without, you know what I mean, without harming anybody and trying to be you know, more of a, uh, an asset than, you know, what we have been seeing in the last two years, you know, but yeah. No, I appreciate that. I appreciate you saying all of that. Um, and I also want to be respectful of your time. We're, <laughs> we're running up on it and I can keep going. So I accept that invitation, but, um, I think in, in having this conversation with you, you know, I've I've heard um, I've heard The Rock say the him not making it into the NFL was the best thing that never happened. I feel as though you with basketball <laughs> not happening is the best thing that never happened to you. I swear because the knowledge you have, the platform you've been given, you know, 
via your beautiful wife, via whatever, you know, paths you've taken and roads you've gone down and all the things you've done. I feel like right now in this moment, what you're putting on display is, you know, beautiful. And I, you know, I hope, I hope you, you realize that there is something special here. And I think you are now probably hitting your stride of those gifts that you have. I'm sure you're great at basketball and hopefully one day I see it on the court with you. But, <laughs> but in the meantime, I feel like there's this beautiful gift that you're giving back, not only locally, but again, on platforms like this. So I just wanted, I wanted to say that. I want to say I appreciate you, brother. I appreciate you being so open, so honest, so vulnerable, and such a great, great representation for us as men, for us as a community um, at large. Hey, I appreciate your kind words, man. Hey, and I hope you're right. I hope this is my stride. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I think I, I think it is. <laughs> yeah. Hey, man. I appreciate it. I appreciate you guys having me and highlight me and my beautiful wife and my family. We just doing what we do. Doing what you do. Well, you're doing, doing what we do. You're doing a lot in, in, yeah. in the best way possible. So, again, I appreciate you. And, um, yeah, I will leave it at that and uh, connect with you soon, brother. Thanks again. Okay. Thank you. And All good. right. You have a good one.